0: In this podcast, Dr. Jason Brooks from Catalyst Leadership Group talks about the future of leadership through transformative times. So stay tuned. So welcome everyone to Jobs of Future podcast. Today we have uh, an amazing guest. Uh, Today uh, we have with us Dr. Jason Brooks uh, in a brief bio. Uh, So... Dr. Jason is an executive, entrepreneur, uh, consultant, and leadership psychologist, best-selling author, and speaker with over 24 years of demonstrated results um, um, in the design, implementation, and evaluation of leadership and organizational development, organizational effectiveness, and human capital management solutions, growing leaders and enhance, um, enhancing workforce performance and overall individual and company success. Uh, growth and um, a, a result-oriented, high-impact executive leader with experience in startups, high-growth, operationally mature, multi-million and multi-billion-dollar companies in uh, multiple industries. With that, um, Jason, welcome to the podcast.
1: Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And you, you know, I need you to write all of my promo introductions. That,
0: <laughs> that was great. Oh, it's it's <laughs> yes. I, I'm excited to learn more. I, I think one thing. Um, when I find very fascinating when I was looking at your profile was um, your um, basically your journey like you are pretty much involved in um, helping leaders understand and and sort of uh, stay sane in in this world of hyper transformations so definitely before we jump into the leadership aspect and and the future of, of leadership, love to know your perspective on, like love to know your journey like what bring you here and what has been your past if you can walk us through that
1: yeah, um, so I was born on a cold winter's. No, I'm just kidding. I won't go back. <laughs> up. Uh, but uh, no, you, you know, uh, I, I guess my my leadership journey really started out, you know, w- you know, during elementary school and coming up. I was always the person that folks would go to, would have a conversation with, and and even though I didn't know what it was at that time, there was just something there was a makeup in me that allowed. Uh, that type of opportunity. And when I graduated from high school, I then uh, moved on, got my undergraduate degree from Purdue University with a uh, uh, major in general management, minors in, in human resources and psychology. So, you know, my bent has always been toward, you know, the individual within an organizational context. And and uh, very quickly through my career, I had the opportunity to progress through and, and progress up. Um, You know, this was during a time the technology first started to come out. I I remember when the Internet was the was the new thing. And Mm. I remember, gosh, you know, is is this ever going to is this ever going to take off? But um, so I had the opportunity to work at a variety of organizations from hospitality distribution. Manufacturing, consulting, kind of all of those. And uh, I remember I was working at a, a company, uh, some of your guests may be familiar with this, called Cracker Barrel Old Country Stores. Um, hmm, yeah. you know, they've got uh, restaurant concepts, and, and uh, I was the uh, corporate human resources director there. And I remember I was sitting in my office and I was getting ready to terminate the employment of somebody that had been there with us for, oh, about six years. And, um, and again, very, very successful career hmm. that I had had. Um, and I was sat down with this gentleman, and I was going to terminate his employment for attendance. But here's the thing. I knew that his issue was not attendance. Mm. He, he had recently found out that his wife was having an affair, and they were separated. Uh, his um, older teenage daughter had just found out that she was pregnant, and younger teenage son was dealing with some drugs and alcohol in the juvenile system and I sat down, and I told this guy, I said, today's your last day, and he put his head down in his hands and sat there for about 30 seconds, and he looked up. He had tears in his eyes, and he said, I understand. Thank you, and at that point, I made the decision that my life was going to mean more than rules and regulation and policy and mm. procedure, so um, mid-career, I went back to school. I got my master's degree in mental health counseling, Um, Then I continued on and got my doctorate in psychology, and my focus of my dissertation turned back to an organizational context and Mm -hmm. working with high-impact leaders and helping to build balance in their lives and kind of understanding how imbalance impacts work stress in in leaders. And then uh, a glutton for punishment, I continued on and got my MBA after that. So so I've spent about 21 years of my life in school, but I tell you – the thing that I love is being able to come in, work with high potential leaders to grow them from the inside out, to make a difference in their life, their family, their team, their organization, their community. That, for me, is what uh, success is, what I just love to do.
0: Interesting. And thank you so much for walking us through that. Um, in your current role, you are a busy guy. Like, uh, I, I look, So you are involved with like... Uh, uh, So walk us through your today. Like what what keeps you busy? We'll resume after a short break. This part of the podcast is brought to you by First Friday Fair. Fastest AI-powered way to find your next opportunity. Check out the website firstfridayfair.tao.ai and find your next dream job. Let's get back to the podcast today.
1: Yeah, well, I guess there's a couple of things. First, I have a, a, a full-time role um, where I am the chief human uh, or chief people officer for an addiction and mental health treatment company. Um, we have a national footprint, um, multiple campuses, and, you know, again, addiction, mental health issues mm-hmm. is just, you know, a continuing growing issue. So uh, I was part of the uh, founding team to create that organization. Um, in addition to that, in my free time, you know, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, um, I, I do a lot of speaking. I do a lot of writing. I've got a, a leadership consulting firm called the Catalyst Leadership Group that I'm so passionate about bringing leadership solutions in a lot of different ways. And um, so, you know, for me, you, you know, I, sometimes I hate to say that the term busy, because oftentimes <laughs> we could be busy without having an impact, but, you know, you know, for me it is just how can i make an impact in every person's life that i have the opportunity to work with today
0: interesting fascinating and and thank you for um, um for 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 showing your journey so yeah. uh, you talked about impact and i think that's that's even like when i when i was looking at your profile that word was pretty evident it showed up like it showed up in leadership and impact i think that's what um, and and i i heard that word even in your pitch quite a quite a few times So, what is high impact leadership? If you you can walk us through your perception or or sort of your perspective on what does that really mean?
1: Yeah, you know that's a great question, and and you're exactly right. I did select the word impact for a very specific reason, and you know sometimes we talk about high performance or high value Mm. or or high, uh, you know, you fill in the blank. But for me. High impact really is a leader that is able to connect with
0: mm.
1: and guide individuals that lead to their success and the organization's success. And, and that's really what impact's all about. You know, we you know the reality is we spend so much time working in and through others. Sometimes we get results that we're that we're striving for that leads to value to our shareholders, to our stakeholders, to the individual. But and then sometimes there's not. Um, sometimes we could be, you know, to use a term so busy hmm. that we get caught in the activity and not really in the impact. Um, so so for me, impact is that the re- Results through others that have a value in the organization and not other other people's
0: lives. Interesting. So, um, when you talk about impact, I think, and, and this is this is my perception. And, and tell me, like, what is what's your perspective on that? So, impact. I so whenever I think of an impact, I think of either the magnitude or the depth of the impact. Right. So, whatever I did, I did really well, and it it cast uh, cast a uh, sort of some impact and the other yeah. thing other thing is the spread of it right so it just mm-hmm. it's just how far and wide it it reaches so when when you when it comes to leadership is there any definition of which one is better or which one is worse or, or what's your perspective on that
1: yeah you know i i think it's really a combination of both you know it, really what you talk about was depth and breadth right mm-hmm. You know, depth is, is, you know, what difference can I make today um, mm. with the, the small group of folks? Maybe let's, let's dig in really deep. Breath is being able to touch a lot of people at the same time. So, you know, I, I think it's really a combination of both. And what leaders have to do is recognize in the moments that they're at, how are they able to g- bring the greatest impact in that moment? So, for example, mm. if I'm speaking to a group of five thousand people, mm. the reality is I'm going to have a whole lot better mm. breadth you know I've, I've got a room of five thousand people, but I'm not going to be able mm. to go really deep for you know the value or, or the issues of any one person. But if I'm doing executive coaching, and I'm working with a particular individual, I'm not necessarily worried about everything Mm. else that's going on in the world. But boy, I'm going to really hone in on where you are. Where are you you struggling? What can we do to bring some solutions that are going to move you forward? So it's being able to move back and forth in those paradigms, getting that great balance. But ultimately, it's also aligning an individual's potential Mm. with the impact that you're going to to make and and that's something that for leaders is so important that you can't treat everyone the same.
0: Mm. So it's
1: looking at each person where their potential is, and then how we can help to unleash that in every encounter that we have.
0: Interesting. I think, um, and thank you so much for walking us through that. I think one of the things that I, I recall from my conversation with uh, my fellow uh, sort of workers or, or leaders in, in in other organizations is. Hey, so the argument is these small, I think you talked about that that individual use case or that individual gentleman who's about to lose his job. The the, yeah. the the very fact of the empathy in that and the very aspect of sort of connecting with that soul and trying to understand what they represent in, in, in your big corporate template whenever i talk to most of my folks and maybe i'm from a data science world so it, it it's it's more honed around the data but what i hear back is hey you know what if i keep working on with individual on the individual sort of uh, the depth perception i would rather create sort of a very massive impact and probably something will will trickle down from there on and and and, and get something and the very the very aspect of empathy uh that actually all time uh, the need of this is all time high is missing from the leadership because they don't really connect with the individual soul they say hey i have like 17000 people that i have to manage that pretty much means that you don't manage anyone right so that's what i'm hearing from that is that so what's your perspective on on some of those leadership challenges how would you sort of uh, interpret that we'll resume after a short break this part of the podcast is brought to you by first friday fair fastest AI powered way to find your next opportunity. Check out the website firstfridayfair.tao.ai and find your next dream job. Let's get back to the podcast.
1: Yeah, that I I tell you what, that is a great point. And and that's a huge challenge for a lot of leaders today, especially in high growth businesses. Um, Because the reality is, we like to think that simplicity comes through standardization mm. and and through process and and you know oftentimes you know even in the in, in the uh, strategy work that I do as well, um, and, and this is not going to be earth shattering, but this mm. is just the way I talk about it. Um, it I, I look at each individual, or each organization as having an organizational engine mm. that, and in that engine, you have your people you have your processes and you have your systems okay mm. right? earth shattering i know i am sure no one else mm. has ever heard that before <laughs> but here's but here's the thing you have to have a good balance of all of those mm. so if you put all of your focus on process to the exclusion of the people side it's going to become very mechanistic and 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 we're, we're just going to be looking at policy and procedure as opposed to people if we put too much focus on it being uh, systemic, we lose the humanity of what we do. Mm. If we put too much on people, sometimes it, uh, you know, the reality is people are messy. You, mm. know, we're, you know, we're dealing with all different kinds of things. So we have to have a good balance of all of those in order to really move forward um, quickly and with, with great stability and strength
0: interesting and 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 from your vantage point how are you seeing the leadership um, sort of uh, style change over the years like what what's what's your what's your perspective on how how folks who are uh, joining this leadership ranks are behaving or or what are some of the things that that jumps out that that you're concerned about or something that that you think okay yeah that's good that's a good, the sign of hope so if you can walk us through that yeah
1: well, I, I I think there's a couple of things. Um, you know number one, with the globalization of our economy, the complexity is just increasing exponentially. Mm. So you know wh- whether you are a large company that operates in in the global landscape, or you may be a small company that may not necessarily have direct connections. Um, internationally there are implications that are going to impact our businesses okay so you know, I think there's a degree number one of needing to truly understand from a global uh, context how business works um, in those ways um, you know I think number two what leaders need to be focused on is just the speed of how things are always changing and the reality is the era of being able to, have a hundred percent of the information available in order to make a decision has really passed, and uh, you, I, you know I I firmly believe that you've got to get to that tipping point where and it, it's typically around probably sixty five to seventy percent mm. of of the information that's available that leaders need to be able to determine for themselves, and then when you have that much information, you need to go ahead and make a decision because if you wait until you have a hundred percent. You're going to be you're gonna miss your opportunity to act. Now, if you react too soon, then you may not have all of the information that you need in order to make a, a valuable decision. So you know, I think those are two things that for me, um, leaders need to be even more aware of and and I love to help leaders with this is just understand mm. the global context of the workplace how to make decisions in the right way. And then, you know, I think the third thing is really navigating change. Um, mm. and, and, you know, the, the speed of change continues to increase. Um, and there, you know, we, we could probably talk half the day on the dynamics and the mechanics of mm. psychology and behavior and all those type of things that, that lead to successful change. But I think those are the things that I'm seeing as real catalyst for leaders that they need to be focused on today and into the near future
0: interesting i think you raise a very interesting point about uh, sort of globalization right so you so right now many of the leaders are thinking of world in a very global template right so they're looking at sort of um, uh, i think I, I remember like i was reading the book on i think steve jobs uh, in which he, he was recently fired from maybe um, i think it was uh, Walt Disney um, uh, uh, Pis, uh, Pixar and then he he went to say a village in Italy and he was drinking a coffee and then right across so he was thinking hey this is such a wonderful coffee and no one shows up here and the right across the street was a Starbucks and every, everyone was yep. heading to Starbucks so then he realized oh my god. The whole element of globalization is now it's like it's it's, it's the world is global now that there's no other there's no italy yeah. there's no us anymore it's just like world wide web where, where we all live in yeah. so in that template like what what's your sort of uh, perspective on uh, what is the landscape of leadership in this global economy like what what do you think is the, the fabric of the current leader today is we'll resume after a short break this part of the podcast is brought to you by First Friday Fair, fastest AI powered way to find your next opportunity. Check out the website, firstfridayfair.tao.ai and find your next dream job. Let's get back to the podcast.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I think there's a couple of things with that. You know, number one is there's a degree of authenticity that the economy and, and the global market is looking for in leaders. And, mm-hmm. and like let me kind of talk a little bit about that in and kind of what I see. With social media mm-hmm. and with with the immediate access we have to all different types of information, I think that individuals are becoming much more savvy savvy and much more sensitive to things that they see as fake mm. and and not real. Now, we know that everything out on the internet is, is real, right? Well, no, that, <laughs> that's not the case. But but I think that, that people are becoming much more discerning and, mm. and potentially much more skeptical of folks that are not authentic. It, and I think in leaders, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're putting all of your dirty laundry out there for everyone to see. But what it does mean is is if you're if you're facing a challenging situation in a complex global market i think it's perfectly reasonable for that leader to say you know what folks we're going through some challenging times
0: mm.
1: i'm in this with you we're in this together things are shifting we're going to figure this out but i need you to hang with me okay the leader of the past may say, you know what, there's no issues, Mm. everything's fine, and uh, almost put their head in the sand. And their teams know that that is not the case. Mm. So, you know, I think that authenticity piece is is one. You know, I think the other thing too, and I talk a lot about this with leaders, is we are always,
0: Mm.
1: always in the public eye and always on stage. Mm -hmm. Okay. The, the years in the past when, when my dad was a human resource manager at a company and, you know, he, he would go to work during the day and then go home and then you don't have to worry about it. Now, everyone has immediate access to everything we are and do. So as much as we have to be authentic we also need to be intentional as leaders in how we are communicating. How are we presenting a leadership presence in everything that we do? How are we connecting with others that aren't going to alienate them, but are going to bring them into, you know, a, a collaborative relationship so that, you know, even things that may not be work related folks Mm -hmm. can see in us and it, it impacts our perception of that leader. So so I, I think those are two really important things that folks have so much access to today, but really impact our effectiveness as a leader.
0: Interesting. Uh, that's a that's a great point, by the way. And I think when I was uh, talking, I think one thing I was thinking about was, say, whenever it, whenever you talk about leadership, you talk about the tribes they lead, right? So every yeah. leader leads a tribe. And then when, when we look in the past, it was pretty... It, i think it was pretty uh obvious like I, I can see my i can see my village i can see my villagers right. i can see exactly who sam is or andy is i exactly can sort of pictureize uh, yeah. picturize that and i can say okay i can build that empathy that whatever my action is impacting who and then i've seen those families now in 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 the age of i think you brought up an interesting point then in the age of internet how can and and i think to me, leadership, if you if you talk about Martin Luther King, if you talk about Gandhi, the the aspect that made them great leader was the, the aspect of empathy, the, the ability to connect with the common masses or common tribes, right? Now, in the age of internet, when I don't even know like 99.9% of my workforce, I, I'm not seeing them on a daily basis, yeah. how can I stay empathetic? Uh, like, what are some of your thoughts on if I'm a leader of such organization or at least getting in the template? How could I build um, the tribal uh, or at least get the tribal simulation in me that I, I understand that this this is a tribe that, that, that I'm trying to lead and I, I'm responsible for their health and and well-being?
1: Yeah, you know that that's a great question. I think it's something that every one of us needs to be thinking about all the time. Um, and and why I say all of us is I'm a firm believer that every one of us are leading every single day. Hmm. we may not be in a formal position of leadership but looking at leadership through the definition of having influence which is you know the definition I love from John Maxwell we are having influence every single day so how do we have influence and lead well in a in a you know high technology area and, and really connect in that empathy number 1 i think we have to be insatiably curious you know, oftentimes, as leaders, we feel like I've got to stand up and I've got to shout from the mountaintops what my, my thoughts are or what my views are. Okay? Mm-hmm. What people want is to be seen and to be heard and to be known. So I would encourage leaders to ask great questions. You know, you know what is it that's, that's you know concerning you today? What are some of the things that that you're you're having great success in today? Um, you know, what are some of the some of the challenges you're facing? And mm-hmm. by asking those great questions of those that are around you, it's going to give you a view of what's important to them, how you can help, how you can lead well. And really, on the empathy side, how you can connect in a in a in an authentic way. Um, so I think being naturally curious, you know, number two is I think, mm. you know, leaders also need to do a great job of of communicating and, and being available. Um, mm. You know, I mean, this even goes back to I you know I remember early on, you know, in my career the leaders that had the greatest impact for me were those that didn't sit behind their desk and didn't have a a closed door, but they were out, they were walking around, they were engaged with people. So, you know, I I think that, you know, for leaders, that hallway has now gone from a brick and mortar hallway to a virtual Mm -hmm. hallway that is much wider, much longer, and you have a greater impact um, of, of interaction with people. So being aware when you're walking down that hallway, how are you coming across? And and for me, that that goes all the way back to that intentionality. And, you know, I, I do a lot of things with blogging and, and videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just part of my makeup is, is I love to encourage people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I think that for leaders, you know there are three things there's the optimist there's the realist and the pessimist Mm. there's there's room for leaders to be an optimist and a realist there's no room to be a pessimist Mm. so you know part of my approach is how am i going to be an optimist and an encourager and help to challenge people to think of new things and, and to be the best that they can be and that runs through everything that i communicate um, so, and I, I remember one time I, I was having a, a rough day or a down day, and I think I, I put something negative out on, on social media or, or whatever. Mm. And I had so many people ra- reach out to me. This is not you. What, what's going on? What's happening? <laughs> and, uh, it, but pe- the way that we present mm. is, is recognized. And, and we have such the opportunity for impact through that as
0: well. Interesting. So um, from your perspective or from your vantage point, what would you prefer, a realist or an optimist?
1: Um you know what? I think <laughs> I I think it I don't think it's an either or it's a both end. Um and and if I were to break it down, I would say I would like to have 60 70% optimist. I, and well, probably 60% optimist, 40% realist. Mm. I want an optimist that is looking to the future, that is, you know, doing strategy, that's visioning, which is a, a critical part of leadership. But then I all but then I want a realist and the decisions that they're making today based on the information that's provided. And um, you know, they there are some leaders that they operate 90% in the in the mm. optimist and the visioning side. And the people around them are are scratching their heads. saying, are you not seeing the reality of what we're dealing with today? Mm. Uh, and then there are others that op- operate so much in the realist side that they miss the value of the visioning. And uh, you know, th- I, I think th- that's why for me, uh, when I talk about um, high impact leadership, mm. there's really five characteristics or or domains that I talk about character growth relationships being the first 3 and then this is where kind of the realistic optimist mm. results mm. that is very realistic focused and then visioning which is kind of the the optimistic side so Uh, I I know that that's a long answer to a potentially short question, but I I think it really is a combination of both. And and we have to be able to move back and forth through those based on where our focus is and and where our, really our thought process needs to be at that point.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So um, great point. So I I remember talking to one of the, one of um, leading sports manufacturers, like senior executive, and he was talking, like he was telling me an interesting story so he said you shall you know what every week i try to go out and look at kids on the on the soccer field or kids on Mm -hmm. the playing fields and and see how they enjoy uh their sports gear how they are playing with it how they're using it and and that that helps me sort of create that the depreciation for the product number one and number two, try to because I never I never get get to see at my level um, the real user, which are probably those kids uh, that are playing yeah. with it. How much they're enjoying those apparel?s So, how, how would you rate that uh, from from the from the leadership perspective? Like, what is uh, is it too much? Is it like too uh, too much understanding into the getting into the process, or like what's what's your evaluation of of this style of uh, empathy? Or, or leadership
1: yeah you know i i absolutely love that story of that leader that would actually go out and look at at the consumer the end user of of their product and say what is that experience like for them hmm. and you know i all too often you know i've seen leaders that will sit in a boardroom and they'll speculate and they'll think, well, you know, this is what we need to do and this is what people want and, and all of that. And the reality is we have to get data
0: hmm.
1: from those that we are serving, that that our customers, our shareholders, our stakeholders. Those are the people that are going to help to tell us. So when you think about being naturally curious hmm. in in building relationships and the empathy and into the individual, the leader needs to be also curious into the broader uh scheme of you know how how are we seeing shifts in you know in in consumer behavior and in individual behavior and and what are the things that we need to be aware of in this so that we can be strategic
0: in making uh
1: decisions down the road
0: interesting um fascinating so i think one thing that i was i was thinking about um so what so if if I like this is what we hear a lot uh, from from many of many of folks that you you grow into a leadership from a worker role right so you have been very process oriented you have uh, you have like no appreciation many times for your fellow because you are too busy uh, delivering on your task and suddenly you are so you are put on sort of this role of managing people and sort of understanding the requirement and and you have been a hyper performers or whatever those um, things are. If if I'm an up and coming leader like what what do you suggest that um how can I s- sort of train myself to become a leader like what are what what are some of the fabric or some of the vintage or uh, some of the fabric of leadership that that one must carry yeah. and one must train for
1: yeah that is a great question. It's interesting. I was having a, a, a conversation with a with a vice president today on that exact topic. We were talking about the shifting dynamics in his organization and, and him moving folks up. And and I made that exact point: is sometimes mm. we look to the high individual contributing performer and say, "Let's move you into a leadership role," or mm. "Let's move you into a managerial role." And number one it may not be aligned with their greater strengths. Mm. It may not be aligned with what they really love to do. Um, and and I think, I, I'm gonna answer your question about what individuals can do to prepare for mm. that, but I, I wanna do a quick shout out to organizations
0: mm.
1: that we need to get away from thinking that advancement is only vertical. Mm. You know, there's the thought process out there Mm. that if I'm not, you know, if I'm not, um, you know, stepping up from line level to manager, to director, to VP, to executive, that I'm not successful. Mm. And one of the things that I really work hard in organizations to, to create is a dynamic experience of growth. So some people don't want to go this way. Some people would love to just learn different things and have mm. opportunities to grow in that way. That's filling their, their potential and their impact bucket. So, so or organizations, please look at a dynamic experience of, of progression. But I, I would say this for the individual that knows that they want to have higher levels of responsibility and leadership. Uh, it, I think it really starts with a lot of, of the work that I'm doing now is mm. starting with an inside out approach to growing yourself and then how you're making an impact through others. So first, start with your character. Are you authentic? Are you real? Are you, are you living a life of high integrity? Do you know what your values are? Um, are you able to connect with yourself and with others in an authentic way? Those are all aspects of character, and, and you know the reality uh, is that character is not like a fingerprint that mm. is part of you when you're born. It's developed over time, and you have to be intentional with that. Interesting. This, Yep, sorry uh, the, the second thing I would say is you've got to make growth and learning a part of who you are um, be you know I, I've used the term before be naturally curious uh, look for opportunities to learn to mentor to teach um, you know be a reader so so be a sponge with that. Next is to build great relationships. So start looking at who do you need to connect with and how can you help those other people? Because at the end of the day, leadership is not a one-person game. It is impacting results through others. And then I've already talked about the, the results side. So start looking at what are those measures of success? What are the outcomes that are important in the organization that you're a part of and start, start considering the steps that need to be taken in order to achieve those. When you're thinking in those terms, you're thinking from a leader's lens instead of just tell me what to do and I'll go do it. And then the fifth area is the visioning and, Mm. you know, to truly be a leader. It's not about what am I doing today? It, there's a balance between that and where do I want to be down the road? Where, where, so how am I dreaming? How am I creating? How am I creating strategy? Those type of things. So character on the inside, growth in how I'm learning, relationships with others, the results, and then strategizing for the future. Interesting. That's the pathway to being a leader.
0: Interesting. I think that's a very, very holistic framework. And thank you so much, sort of, for walking us through each step. I think it's, it's, it's pretty useful. Um, so let's talk about. I think um, so. You talked about that. These are the transformative times. Um, I think we, 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 even before the podcast, we were talking about how technology is yeah. shifting and and impacting sort of the workforce. Now, when things are going great, right? It's great to be a leader. Right? It doesn't hurt to be a leader. Like everything is, everything is green barely anything is right right but when yeah. there's a transformation there even sometime even like even the company's sort of fabric doesn't know what's 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 transforming and in fact the the floor that we are standing on is shifting on its own so now when you are leading an organization that is going through this massive array of uh, of transformation which is pretty much like right now most of the companies today it's very hard to be a leader when things are shaky uh, at its core so from your perspective like what is the definition or what is the fabric of a great leader during tough times or during sort of the the challenging times what what would you say
1: Mm. it's a great question and and a lot of that again comes you know back into change management and and you know all you know sometimes as you mentioned kind of the shifting fabric and, and the shifting sand i think in my in my experience, maybe two or three things that really stand out to successful leaders in helping to navigate change. I think the first thing is you've got to stay visible, available, and connected. Okay? There's a natural tendency when things start to go wrong to retreat, Okay, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, I quit, I'm leaving my job, but we'll go back. We, we won't be as, as accessible. We won't be as available because people are going to have questions and we feel like I'm not in a position where I can answer those questions. Okay. And when team members see a leader not as accessible and not as available it creates trepidation for them. Mm. There must be something going on. What's happening? What's, you know, what you know what's, you know, is there a problem? And leaders need to intentionally, during those tough times, be even more available. And, and the reality is, it's okay to say, yeah, you know what, we're, we're facing some challenges. We got some great opportunities ahead. We're working really, really closely as a leadership team. Uh, to help to navigate this. We would love your ideas and your opinions. We're going to take uh, your opportunity to do that. But you know, I, I think that that in particular is so important. I think the second thing in, in navigating change is not just being available, but also being being open to hearing other ideas and realizing that you you don't have to carry this all by yourself. Okay, you know, th- through my doctoral dissertation, one of the things that, well, th- you know, the focus of the study was the r- relationship between life balance and work stress in corporate executives. Okay. And you know, the reality is what I heard, time after time after time, is executives feel like that they feel like that they have to be Teflon, that mm. nothing sticks to them, that mm. they're bulletproof, that everything is great. And, and sometimes it's okay to you know, not necessarily to say, woe is me, but mm. but to be open with, you know what, we, we are facing some challenges. And then I, I think the third thing, and this is one of the things I'd love to say about the leadership team that I work with um, today, and I work to build this, is it's almost a a leadership group that is um, that is so flexible and so agile that um, and they have a great figure it out factor. Okay? so you know, oftentimes there's there's curveballs that are coming with at us all the time, and if we're so focused on this is the direction that we need to go we're going to get pummeled with these balls. But if we can pivot and we can swerve and and we can move a little bit and have that agility to adjust, then the dynamics of change and the challenges of change can actually be minimized. So um, I I guess those would be the three things that I would think of that leaders can do specifically during times of change that would be even better for them and their teams
0: i think well said and i and whenever when you were when pitching that i think one thing one story that comes to my mind was so uh, uh i i spoke to one of the one of the leader at one of the uh telecommunication um sort of uh company and he's from marine uh background so he was a he was an ex-marine and um and he was telling me vishal you know what and, and i was talking to him about this this trans this transformative times and sort of telco is going through its own sort of stress and struggles and um and his perspective was you know what what they teach us in marine so i said tell us tell me that story so he said that it's all about the fire drill i said what do you mean by it's all about the fire drill so he so his point was that um when you were a kid you you're taught this fire drill right and the reason being that whenever actually the fire happens you don't have to think you just act right. like you, the neurons are already set all the connection pathways are set so you can you can react to that now, even when I'm with Murray, like when I'm I'm, I'm sort of at, at a war situation, I have to freaking work, work, and work, like test all those um, fire drills in like 1700 version of that fire drill in any possible way, right? But but even we know that we cannot complete, we cannot sort of completely sort of cover everything. So what helped us at the end of the day uh, is, I think, and you pointed out beautifully, is availability, right? So his perspective was that, um, uh, that, I'm I'm there. If something mess up yeah. and I'm the smartest leader, I'm, it's okay. I'm there. All yeah. we have to do is either die for great people or die with great people. So, which is like, yeah. I was like, this is fascinating. So this is, I said, <laughs> y- I hope like you can freaking teach every leader to be. And his point of view is like <laughs> the, the, the aspect of trans- uh, transformation is not to save yourself, but to everyone should go through it. And, yeah. and, and try to do whatever you can. It's not just saving yourself on that. So, what's, what's your take on that?
1: I, you know, I, I think that's brilliant. And, and one of the things that I love about um, folks that are in the military mm. is you know, even though the arena that they operate in is so complex, they try to keep the decisions to be made so simple and so few. Okay. So, you know, for example, I, I I went through this season for myself. I was like, I I need to, I need to get rid of as much complexity as I can. So, I I, I mean, as silly as this sounds, I I started, I made the decision kind of like Steve jobs Mm. that I was wearing jeans and a black shirt every day. So (laughs) I didn't have to get up and I, I didn't. Have to think about okay, what mm. slacks am I gonna wear? What pants yeah. is this gonna fit? In, in my sweater vest, all that stuff. I, I wore the same thing. And and Michelle, the, the thing is, I had more bandwidth to make mm. other decisions. Okay, so you know th- there's a part of our lives that habits mm. can actually release creative potential now some people might agree with that because they think that habits are too constraining I, mm. I I want I want to be able to you know be me and be flexible but you know in my experience sometimes to remove as much complexity as we can it then puts us in a place where we have the brain power and the emotional power to make even the more complicated decisions that we have to navigate easier to do. So, uh, you know, for leaders,
0: mm-hmm. eliminate
1: as much of the complexity as you can, so that you can be even better.
0: That's a great point, and 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 thank you for sharing that. And one thing that, um, again, I, I I was recalling from your conversation that you said, okay, I would I would, I want to appreciate the organization that are that are brewing these leaders. So, what is the role of an organization in creating great leader, and how can and how from your vantage point, how can they do it effectively? Yeah, you know. I... I
1: I think there's a couple of things. You know, n- number one, for the organizations to create a place where emerging leaders can operate, they can stumble and fall, and they can get back up. Um, mm. I think w- one of the one of the great tragedies in any company that almost has a a zero tolerance policy. For any type of error, it's going to hold leaders back from taking a risk and as a result, learning through that. So, so create an environment where, where your current or emerging leaders can risk in, and run, run ahead. You know, I think the second thing is look for ways that you can align your leaders with their strengths. And I, mm-hmm. I, I do a lot. I don't worry. I I love StrengthsFinder. You, you've probably heard of that, and, mm. and I, I'm sure that a lot of your guests have used it. I love that as a means to say, "Here's how I made. Here's here are here's the greater strengths that I can bring. Now let's look at how we can then align those with the needs in the organization. When we do that, we're bringing two two forces together, almost like a magnet. That here's the need. Here's what I bring and we're we're connected as opposed to trying to force what someone would naturally bring against something that that we really don't need um, so you know look for that opportunity as well and, and I think I think the third thing is we need to do a whole lot better at celebrating successes mm. you know I, I yeah, you know, th- there's a gentleman that I used to work with. Uh, he was a CEO of, of another uh, company. And and I, I heard this phrase so many times. He said, I always look for the crooked picture. I always look <laughs> for the crooked picture. And I mean, the reality is, yes, we need to solve those things. But we need to also be celebrating the success mm. because that becomes a motivator. For folks to take another step forward. If we're always looking for what's wrong, we're always going to see what's wrong. Um, but if we're looking at what's going great, and then also balance it with that, it's going to give us motivation to to go forward even faster.
0: I think that's a that's a great point. Um, I know a lot of uh, sort of contacts that I I am in touch with. They are having a hard time in celebrating success, and I think yeah. like we are so prone to. See, figuring out and because they're always looking for all the negatives that sometimes they just lose track of all the positives that are happening around. And I think uh, it's uh, well said. Uh, and, and how can, how can you do that? Like is, can you teach yourself to, cause I think to me, it's, it's, it's a personality trait. Like, can you really train yourself to be um, an appreciator uh, when you have not been doing it forever?
1: Yeah. You know, it's, I think that there are some personalities that are more open to that but but i would say it's a habit that you can develop in yourself and it's a behavior that, that you develop so like for example i i've written a uh, uh a really it's a kind of a life success system it's called the life leadership success system and and uh and i have quarterly books um you know for me I've tried all the technology to keep myself you know, <laughs> organized. And the reality is I'm a kinesthetic learner. Mm-hmm. So I love to write things down. So I said, you know what? I give up on it. I, I, I'm going to create something that's going to work for me. And, and feedback that I've received has been just so positive on this. But one of the things that I have in there is a review every week to say, what were some of the things that I'm thankful for or, or that, that I'm grateful for this week? OK, and just starting to develop that habit in your life of looking at those things then helps to translate that into the business. You know, the, the other thing that I do, I, I, I call it my my big three questions. And, and this this can apply to any situation that you're in. I use this a lot in, in executive coaching that I do. But I always start with what's working well. Mm. Then I ask what's not working well. And what could be different that would be better? And so th- those are my big three questions, but starting it out with what's working well, takes people's heads into a different place. And, and you would be amazed at how many people, when I say, so what's working well, they'll immediately go to a negative negative.
0: Mm. and I
1: said, nope, let's bring it back. I want to hear what's working well for you now. And people aren't comfortable with that mm. because we're socialized we gotta we gotta fix something and having someone sit in that uncomfortableness and really thinking okay the, these are the things that are going great interesting it, 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 it just opens our mind up to a whole lot more possibility
0: i think uh, I, I, beautiful beautiful point Jason i think so i, I remember like I, I went to a I think it's a, it's, a, it's a life coach or something. And, and 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 she told me the same thing. Hey, we shall write um, write I think she gave me like four positives and four negatives. And I and yeah. like and just she says four negatives and four positives. My negatives have another negative in it, so it's like a, it's like a layer of negatives. But when it comes to <laughs> positive, I was like i just couldn't write anything i just like i i was very detailed about everything that's messed up but i i have and and when she and she was just sort of say no no go back think of something and i crafted some bs like i and and she said no go back like this is again you're not getting the point reduce your negatives and and, and sort of get just one one and it yeah. was so and and I, and I would love to tell our, our viewers and listeners it's it's a it's a it's really a nightmare if you have not done that, getting 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 that clean. Yeah,
1: yeah you, you know, and it's interesting. I, I do I do almost the same thing, but for folks, especially folks that have not, you know, taken advantage of coaching before, I'll have them just write positives. Don't write mm-hmm. any negatives. Right. And I, I can't tell you how many times I'll come back and there'll be nothing written down on a piece of paper. <laughs> and I'll say, you know, let's. Let's talk through this, and and when we slow down enough that we really consider, we can see the great things. But uh, but we're not, you know. Oftentimes we're not socialized to mm. to do that initially. We're we're we socialized. We gotta fix it. We're fixers, and mm. uh, and that's and we, that's. A-
0: beautiful point i think and, and and thank you so much for sharing that and and putting it with, so um is there any future-proof leader like if what what, what do you think like if i if i am if i'm getting into this again transformative times and you, you laid down beautifully some of the some of the ways I can, I can keep myself sane and keep myself sort of understand this this complexity of leadership um how can i keep myself future-proof or do i really need to worry about like what's your perspective on that
1: Yeah. So, so when you say future-proof, do you mean that you're not a victim of the future? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, I think a lot of it comes back to adaptability and flexibility. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the, I, I, and I, I know we've all heard this quote before, but the only constant is change. Hmm. So, so recognizing that that is going to continually be a part of our leadership and the life cycle of our businesses and all of those type of things, it is maintaining that constant openness and behavior of flexibility. You know, I, 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 I talk often with, with uh, companies and it was actually, you know, they. the, gosh, two weeks ago, I mm. was having a strategic planning conversation with a with a company. And I said, you, you know, the, the typical life cycle of, of a business, we're I'm, I'm try to do this on the camera and see if it goes up. So, you know, we grow mm. Mm. and then you reach a plateau mm. and then you have a decline phase. And what you have to be looking at is at this inflection point before you go to plateau, what do you do to press reset? So that you can keep that growth going to the next phase and then press reset again and go to the growth of the next phase so that Mm. you don't ever get into a complacent plateau mode. It's a whole lot easier Mm. to keep a, a focus on on the opportunities for the future as you're growing up so that you don't get complacent. And I think that's one of the keys for leaders to be future proof is not to get into a place of complacency but always be looking at what do i need to do to adjust to adapt to change myself my organization to meet the needs of my customer today and tomorrow
0: beautiful um thank you so much for for, for sharing that and we're almost at the tail end of the conversation and, and Justin, thank you so much you have been like super candid about this complicated process and I think human mind is, is, is not easy and then yeah. that while leading that uh, bunch of human mind is again that's that's not easy either so I thank you so yeah, much around. for shedding some light on that so now let's talk let's spend a few minutes on you like your background your journey so if yeah. um, what are some of the tenets of your success like if I say one to three um, elements or, or sort of tenets that has really helped you kept sane uh, what mm. would that be? You know,
1: I, I think it is, you know, the, I think the first thing for me is such a crystal clarity of my purpose and my mission. Um, you know, and, and I think we, we shared even before the conversation and, and I worked on this for, it, it wasn't a short time. It was probably three mm-hmm. years, four years um, to really get this refined. But, mm-hmm. but for me, my purpose is changing lives and growing leaders. So what helps me stay sane is anything that I do, anything that I think, anything that I'm dreaming of, preparing for, building, any of that, if it doesn't fit in one of those two areas, then I push it off to the side. I said that that's that's for someone else to do, that's not for me to do. Um, I think the second thing for me is surrounding myself with incredible people. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you you know, I remember early on in my career, um, I, I, I was that manager, I guess, kind of emerging leader that I thought I was the one that had to be involved with everything. Uh, any decisions had to come through me. Um, so, you know, I was on call 24 seven. I couldn't take a vacation without checking my email all the time or, or, or being on, on calls. It's been probably... 10 years ago, that I said, that's not who I'm going to be anymore. And Mm -hmm. I always surround myself with great people. So when I'm with my family, or if I take a vacation, I can truly step away Mm -hmm. and know that the organization is in good hands, because I have prepared folks to be able to, to take those steps. And then you know i think the third thing for me is is just that that gratitude piece uh, mm. you know it, it was really life changing for me and and i was able to get through a lot of anger and resentment and jealousy and pride when when i said you know what my i'm going to be focused on the things I'm grateful for and the things mm. that, that I do well, yes, I'm going to bring value in all these other areas as well, but having that attitude of gratitude and, and you know, wh- what I say is be grateful in everything and complacent in nothing. Mm. And I, I, I think that that is huge, that be grateful for where you are, but always driving ahead. And, and it's, it's that balance for me that's kept me sane and kept me successful all these years
0: interesting interesting and and one thing uh i'd love to know i think we we ask our guests to share their favorite reads or their favorite books that they want to share do you have any book that that you want to share with our our our, our listeners and viewers and we also know you wrote a book uh, i think it's called reset so um, I do. and talk talking me about that um, about the book and if you have any other recommendations uh, for our folks yeah i i I, I hate
1: to to be self serving in that, but I would love everybody to go get a copy of Reset. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's a book that I wrote. Uh, it, it's really about pushing the reset button on your life, and mm. and I it's a practical guide to help people think about what do you want your life to be. And I take people through different seasons of their life, and and what would you be thinking and feeling and experiencing, and who would you be connecting with, and what would you be doing through those different seasons. And then I help uh, people look at their life to create balance, because we know that when you build on a firm foundation of balance, then you're able to continue to build um, all other areas of life. Then I look at the direction in your life. So what's your life purpose? What's your passion? What are your plans and your goals for achieving that? How do you overcome obstacles? And then how Mm. do you be grateful in that? So so I, I lay it out. I've got a lot of of assessments in there where you can kind of self-explore, but, um uh, but it, it's something that was on my heart for years and years. I, I see it in executives and I see it in, in really everyone I work with. So, so thank you for the call out on that. I've, I've written another book called your daily reset, which is kind mm. of daily quotes and, uh, and probing questions to get you to consider your life. That was kind of a follow-up that people were asking for from reset, but, um, you know, as, as far as another book that I think has really made an impact on my life, and you, you can see behind me, I, I've got I've got my little <laughs> library. I'm, I, I'm a firm believer that leaders are readers, so so I always try mm. to make that a part. But um, but on my desk, um, I, I've got a book that is called Essentialism, and it's mm. by uh, Greg McAllen, and, and it's uh, the subtitle is The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. And, and I tell you what, for me, that was such a huge, huge wake-up call. And, you know, as, as you kind of went through my, my uh, biography at the beginning, you know, I, I'm involved in a lot of different things, and, and, and I'm motivated to do that because I'm always looking at how can I change lives and grow leaders. But for me, this book really challenged me to think about is what I'm doing Hmm. and how i'm investing my time my talent my treasure et cetera, the best and hmm. uh it, it challenged me to really say no to a lot of things that put me in the place where i could be my best every day so i would encourage everybody to check it out essentialism by greg mccallum
0: beautiful and and uh, now at, at the last question but not least um what would you like to take away? From, um, what would you like our, our viewers and listeners to take away from this conversation? Like that we have not talked before, or what would you? What's your closing remark uh, for our listeners and viewers?
1: Oh wow! You know, I, I guess the you know, my closing remark because I, I focus so much on leadership and helping to mm-hmm. grow high impact leaders from the inside out is that every single person listening to this is a leader. You are having an impact and an influence every single day, whether it's that person that is you're running the checkout line at, at your grocery store to the person that's in your office that maybe you're challenged with something to wherever your your spouse, your your kiddos, you are leading every single day. So take that with great responsibility and be intentional with growing as a leader every day and when you do that your impact your legacy will be greater than you can ever imagine
0: beautiful and with that said um Thank you so much, Jason, for, for again, spending really, uh, uh, being very gracious with your time and, and sort of walking us through such a complicated piece uh, when we are going in this in this world of transformative leadership. It's, it's, it's really, really remarkable to hear a refreshing thought and sort of uh, some perspective that, that, that will help us. You're always welcome on the podcast to awesome. uh, to share your journey. And, and uh, with that said, thank you so much and wish you nothing but success in your journey in keeping leadership and leaders saying so thank you so much
1: well thank you i I appreciate you having me on you're an incredible host and and, uh, i just wish you all the best as well